Welcome to Ditch the Binge, the podcast where I help you stop binge eating and build a banging body image without having to obsessively track all your meals, be haunted by the scale, or waste another year of your life being controlled by how you look. If you are finally ready to end the war with food and body and grab life by the balls, you are in the right place. Good morning, my friends. Welcome back to another week. I just got back from a little run and it was great out. I've had a couple of cups of coffee, so I'm feeling wonderful. And yes, of course, I had foam on it. And yes, of course, it was eggnog foam with steamed eggnog. It is a real treat. 10 out of 10, recommend getting a steamer, frother, so good. All right, today we are going to talk about what to do after a binge. What to do if you eat more food than you're comfortable with. And before we dig into the three suggestions that I have for recovering for a binge or surviving the day or next day after a binge, let's look at what a binge is. Because I know a lot of you out there are thinking it's a large amount of food. And listen, I understand massive binges. I used to eat so much food that I would Google, can you tear your stomach? I would eat so much food that I could not lay down unless I was in the fetal position. So I get it. I totally get it. But really, a binge isn't about the amount of food you're eating. It's about what's happening in your brain. It's about the thoughts you're having while eating the food, right? It's not like if you look up what is a binge and once you have 13 cookies, you're officially in binge territory. But if you have anything under 13 cookies, you're fine, right? It's kind of like the way in which you're eating. It's that kind of out of control. For me, it was often like a tunnel vision feeling, So it's not necessarily about the amount of food. However, again, for many of you, a binge is more food than you're comfortable with eating. And that is exactly what I want you to have a little reframe around when talking even just to yourself about how you eat. Because the word binge is loaded with judgment. I mean, just that word, just associating yourself with, I'm a binge eater, you feel probably an immense amount of shame. I know for a lot of my clients, I mean, I work with nurses and lawyers and very successful women or just like high achieving women, athletic women, super quote healthy women that to associate with the word binge makes them want to crawl under a rock. So step one, we're going to alleviate a little bit of that guilt and shame. Because if there's one thing you do not need in your relationship with food is more guilt and shame. Okay. I'm pretty sure you've got plenty of that going on. So what is the suggestion? The suggestion is to name it 
differently is to start calling it, I just ate more food. I ate more food than I was comfortable eating. I had more food than I'm used to eating. I ate a bit more than I normally eat. Because when we strip the emotion away from a, quote, binge, that's really what it is, right? It's eating food. I ate food. Plain and simple, black and white. This is what I work with a lot of my coaching clients on in things other than food. You know, this work has such little to do with food and so much to do with everything else. But when we strip away that emotion and it's and we look at what it is in its truest form, it's just eating food. This is going to be a very simple shift that you may be like, meh, yeah, whatever, who cares, move on. But really, it's these little shifts that are going to lead to massive results for you. Because what often takes the two cookies to 20 cookies for you is guilt and shame, right? It's, oh shit, I've messed it up. I might as well eat everything now and start again tomorrow. And then tomorrow, you know, rinse and repeat for years, right? So start to change your language around a binge. Just see how that feels. So maybe after you quote binge and you're sitting on the couch or you're going to bed, I want you to change the conversation and have, I just ate more food than I'm comfortable eating. Okay. Let me know how that goes. It's a, it's, it's a game changer. I promise. Give it a shot. Okay, now I have three suggestions on what you can do if you do binge, if you do eat more food than you're comfortable eating because we're in the thick of the holidays, right? Like cookies are around, maybe you're with people that you don't really like all that much, aka some of your family members, (laughs) or you know, maybe you're not like me, you're just at home and you're doing your own thing, but you know, and maybe that's the stressor is like, I'm not with my family. I'm not with my friends. I'm just at home by myself. I mean, to be honest, I never really needed a reason to, to binge eat. It was just like Tuesday night, Sunday morning, whatever. But if that happens, if you eat more food than you're comfortable eating, here are a couple of suggestions for you to play around with. One, look back and dissect the why. Figure out what was really going on. Because if there's one thing I know to be true about our relationship with food is that it's not about the food. It's not about what you're eating. It's about, honestly, the thoughts you're having when you're eating that food. So This kind of ties back to the previous episode. If you have not listened to that, please go revisit that episode or just even if you have, re-listen to it and figure out what's really going on because there's three reasons why we're eating. It's not like you're some hopeless case that I know a lot of you think, like I'm the only one that can't get it and that's not true. So go back, revisit that episode and figure out why you're eating and then Spend some time dissecting that. What led you up to that moment? What was going on? 
Before you started eating, how were you feeling? What were you thinking? What was going on with you while you went back for seconds and thirds? Were you shaming yourself while you were eating? Were you not even thinking about the food? Were you tired? Listen, me being tired is one of my biggest triggers. I know that if I am tired, my food just gets a little bit more chaotic. It's just kind of all over the place. And I just know that that's kind of how I am. I don't operate well when I don't have a lot of sleep and I protect my sleep like nobody's business. Like if I'm not getting eight hours of sleep, there better be a damn good reason (laughs) because I really value feeling rested. So look back and dissect the why. What was going on before you started eating a lot of food or more food than you felt comfortable with? And thinking about what you could potentially do different, right? So we're just kind of connecting the dots here. We're looking, we're investigating. It's a little bit like a science experiment. What was really going on? The second thing This is a question I personally used when I was in the trenches with my food, when I was, you know, figuring out what I needed to eat, how, and and all the things, is how will I feel about this a year from now? Again, a very simple thing, something you may want to brush off, but when you're in it, when you've just eaten a lot of food and you feel devastated and full and hopeless and if wondering if you can ever not do this, ask yourself this question. This is something I vividly remember asking myself after I had, I don't know, I guess I was kind of in the beginning of what could have been a binge. I had had two Lara bars and several handfuls of trail mix. And I remember reading the back of the Lara bars, tallying up all the calories and sugar and carbs and all the things, and then thinking about the trail mix and just, you know what we do, going through all the numbers in our head and feeling so stressed out. Like, oh great, I just ate all this and now I can't eat the rest of the day and screw it, I might as well just eat everything because the day is shot, I'll start again tomorrow, there's no coming back from this. And in that moment, I had a choice. I stopped and I thought, what am I going to think about this in a year? Because in the moment, it feels like life or death. It feels like there's no options, that clearly the only rational reaction to this is to continue eating all the food. But I didn't want to do that. And I, in that moment, asked myself, how do I want to feel about this a year from now? How will I feel about this a year from now? What will I think about the day where I had two Lara bars and several handfuls of trail mix? And I was like, I'm not going to care. I'm not going to care at all. I'm not going to care next week, (laughs) to be honest. And asking myself that question again, helped strip away some of that judgment, some of that shame. And this is what so many of you are struggling with is giving yourself the grace, giving yourself the permission to not 
get this right 100% and nail your food and realize that this is a process. There's going to be days where you're going to eat more food than you feel comfortable eating. And you get to decide in that moment, how am I going to react? How do I want to move forward? And I just want to say that anytime you do anything new, it's a little uncomfortable, right? The comfortable thing for me in that moment would have been to just binge my face off for the next hour and a half. But I knew where that was going to take me. And I didn't want to do it anymore. So I had to do something different. And to do something different, we first have to think something different. And that's why this question is so powerful. The third suggestion to recover from a binge or what to do after a binge is move on. You don't have to go back. You don't have to dissect it. You don't have to have a real come to Jesus conversation with yourself in the moment. You can eat the food, feel the feelings, and move on with your day. This is something I got kind of annoyed about in therapy was like just rehashing everything. And I was like, geez, do we really again? We have to talk about this again. And sometimes you just don't want to. You know what happened. You know it wasn't enjoyable. You know you'd like to not do it again. And you just want to move on with your day. Give yourself the permission to do that. I get like, this is the complete opposite of step one, right? Like to look back, to dissect the why, to journal on it, to connect the dots. Step three was move on, close the door on it. No need to look back. It's literally happened. It's done. Wash your hands, moving on. Okay. I gave you these three examples that are all pretty different because there's a time and a place for each one. There's a time and a place for the mood that you're in, for the way that you ate, for how you felt, for how much time you have. So experiment with these. Play around with these. See what feels best for you in the moment. Now, there's one little suggestion that I would say just, you know, and this is coming from personal experience. Try to kind of get back on track with your food. Like, What we often want to do after a binge is restrict, hit the gym, burn off the calories, not eat for the next two or three meals, which often leads you to binging again. Cue the binge restrict cycle. Try to have another meal at the next kind of scheduled meal time or a snack and get back on track and start to balance out that hunger again and and be kind to yourself. Like again, if there's one thing you don't need in your relationship with food is to continue adding the guilt and shame. I made a post about this on social media a few days ago about hopefully no one gets offended by this, but treating yourself in the way that you would your pet. Listen, my dog is literally my favorite thing on this planet. I love her so much that just thinking about her can make me cry. Listen, that's absurd. It's ridiculous. I know. <laughs> but I love her so much. So think about someone or something that you love. 
your best friend, your niece, your child, your pet, whoever. And if they were in the process of healing their relationship with food and their body, and they had a day that just went to hell in a handbasket, and they ate a bag of chocolate chips and a half a bag of Doritos and moved on to some cheese and crackers, and they felt gross after, how would you treat them? You would give them some water. You would rub their back. You would tell them, yeah, I get it. It's hard, but it's okay. You're figuring this out. Just try a little bit of softness with yourself. Just try a little bit of kindness. And I know in these moments, it goes against every fiber of your being. You want to pull out the whip and just beat yourself to hell. But if being harder on yourself, if pushing yourself more, if more rules and just punishing yourself were the solution, I feel pretty confident none of you would be listening to this. That's not the answer. You're hard enough on yourself. I can guarantee you that. So maybe be open to doing things differently. Okay, my friends, I love your face. I really do. And I hope you have a Merry Christmas. It's next week. Can't believe it. Also, if you love this episode, if you love this podcast, if you love me, share all of this with your friends, upload it to your Instagram story, tag me in it so then I can reshare it and tag you in it. And then if you want, you can reshare and tag me in it again and it can be all Matrix-like. But that really honestly helps me so much. You have no idea. When you share it, it lets your friends know I'm kind of legit. So take a screenshot, upload it, share it, tell your peeps, and I will see you next week. I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here and listening and taking time to let me into your little ear holes. It means the world to me. It would also mean the world to me if you would just take a hot little second and subscribe to the show and leave a review. This helps other people who have been where you're at or are currently where you're at find this podcast. And that is the greatest gift you could give to me. Thanks for hanging in there.